I'm Charlie Melcher, founder and director of The Future of Storytelling. Welcome back to the FOSS podcast. My guest today is Scott Trowbridge, a studio leader at Disney Imagineering and the creative portfolio executive overseeing the Star Wars franchise. It's Scott's job to bring the stories of the Star Wars universe to life for nearly 40 million fans who visit Disneyland and Disney World every year. Scott's very humble, so allow me to do just a little bit of bragging about him. In the world of experienced design, there are few people who match his stature and prowess. Before joining Disney, he designed rides and experiences for Universal, where he led the team that created the Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man ride. That ride won Amusement Today's Golden Ticket Award for Best Dark Ride 12 years in a row before it was finally dethroned in 2011 by Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey, a ride that was also designed by Scott and his team. It says a lot when the only person who can outdo you is you. Since joining Disney, Scott has vastly expanded his scope and ambition. He's no longer designing individual rides. Now he's designing entire worlds that you can explore for hours on end filled to the brim with individual stories and experiences. Scott's latest project, Galaxy's Edge, is the largest single-theme land expansion in Disney Park's history, covering 14 acres. It's an astonishingly immersive and detailed step into the Star Wars universe that everyone who's interested in experiential storytelling, Star Wars, or just having their minds blown should absolutely visit. Scott is a giant in the field of world building and experience design whose work is constantly breaking new ground and raising the bar. I am thrilled to welcome him to the FOSS podcast. Scott, it is really a delight and pleasure to have you on the Future of Storytelling podcast. Welcome. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. I, I love what the, the the folks that are part of this community do. I'm a I'm a in addition to being a participant, I'm a fan. So uh, I'm excited to be a part of this community. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you are the perfect FOST member, really. I mean, your background, right, was theater, film. I think you've done some improv. And then you moved into theme park design and, and experience design. So first of all, I just, I love everything that you have done in the past, all the things that made you who you are today. Um, and I'm really interested in, in that experience you had of uh, going into experience design at theme parks and joining Disney, that was a bunch of years ago now, and becoming an Imagineer. Was that a good fit for you? And, and, and then the second part of that question is, what the hell is an Imagineer anyway? <laughs> that is a great question. Um, you know, in, in my, my path towards becoming an Imagineer might not have been so circuitous if there had been a clear, like, this is a job you can do. The, you know, but as a kid in high school, growing up in the Midwest in St. Louis, they didn't know about immersive experiences or immersive entertainment, right? And so that's kind of why, you know, I ended up in the in the worlds of like film and theater, both of which I love, 
but it was really trying to circle around this idea of creating more immersive experiences, real context and the energy that comes about when you're, you're having an experience in a space with other people, right? That kind of like that spark that's happening right then and there that theater brings you. I loved both of those. And I just didn't know that it was possible to do them both at the same time until I kind of stumbled into that world of immersive experiences later. Um, you know, and of course, I think that world has also grown tremendously and continues to grow, which is which is so exciting. And and so Disney is sort of the gold standard, right? I mean, they they were the early you know, success, and and just hundreds of millions of people. It feels like have been through Disney parks. And what was it like again becoming an Imagineer? What is an Imagineer? And and tell us a little bit about the history of that at Disney. So Imagineering, actually, I I think the reason why it is successful in this in this kind of realm is, you know, if you think back to the very, very beginnings, it started off as Walt Disney's personal kind of private skunk works, kind of creative uh, think tank and research lab. All of the, the, the things that were being done in those very, very early days back in the early 50s were around creating the, the tools and the technology to allow a stronger personal connection to, you know, the, the stories that he was telling at the time and the characters that were populating those stories find ways to create experiences that allow people to get closer to characters, to be more immersed in the stories, and to travel to places they couldn't possibly be really going, but somehow they are. You know, and our tools have changed, uh, our techniques have changed, but the, that core mission and mandate I don't think has changed. It's all about, you know, how do you immerse people more into these stories? And if you think about the term Imagineering, it is a, you know, it is imagination, you know, and engineering. And that's exactly, you know, we bring both of those things to the, uh, to the kind of the process we use. So we have everything from, you know, people who are experts in computer science, whether it's AI or, you know, image creation or real time, you know, real time rendering, uh, all the way to sculptors, writers, music composers, and then all of the kind of folks who just make it happen, the, the kind of the the, the technical expertise, the, the project management expertise, the financial expertise that allows us to, to create these projects that range from the very, very small to the very, very large. So, and today we have Imagineering offices in, you know, literally ac across the world that are all still kind of focused on that core mission of find cool stories to tell, find new cool ways to tell those stories, and then create the tools that allow us to do that. You were doing this kind of immersive work before you, you joined Disney. I know you, you've worked with some of the world's most beloved and successful IPs, intellectual properties like uh, Spider-Man, Harry Potter, and, and now, of course, you're overseeing Star Wars. I'm just wondering, when you, when you set out to design an immersive experience around one of the world's most beloved and recognized IPs, how do you go about doing that? Where do you start? <laughs> I think the answer is very carefully. When you're working with these beloved and super well-known story worlds and in character sets, you know, you definitely feel the weight of the expectation of the fans on your shoulders. And you're, you know, you really, really, really want to take that duty of care seriously. In my I'm going to put this in air quotes, career, because I'm not quite sure if that's what it counts as, because it's still, <laughs> I'm not even entirely sure that this is a real job. And being given the opportunity to play in their universe or to extend their universe has been amazing. And there's, there's nothing more, uh, you know, uh, stress-inducing 
than pitching a story back to these creators, you know, with their characters that they've created and they've been living with for years and to basically say, I, I have an idea. What if we, you know, what if, you know, we do this? And, you know, I will say that for the most part, being able to extend this world and to expand the world in many cases um, and be able to find ways to invite more people to into these story worlds and to kind of fall in love with the stories or to connect with them personally or to connect with the characters personally. I think there hasn't been a situation where that hasn't been met with anything other than, um, you know, a concern we're going to do it right, but B enthusiasm about us, you know, expanding those worlds. We're doing that for sure with Star Wars right now where we're, you know, we are expanding that world in pretty significant ways, which is, which is very exciting. And, and you start with sort of the, 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 the core of the, of the world, of the, of the story, right? Or, or, or the IP. I mean, you're, you're trying to start with what is it all about? What are the sort of highest level considerations? Once you get that set, it, it kind of helps to dictate a lot of other decisions. Is it sort of starting from the inside out or, or is it the opposite? You, you, you come up with a, a ride idea and then you fit it to the, the characters in the world. Like where, where does that start? Yeah, you know, it, it's a great question. Um, and I do feel like if, if in order to successfully expand or represent these worlds or to, you know, create stories, and not just inside these story worlds, but any, any good story, you've got to start with what is this really about? And what is this really about for the audience member, for the participant, for the listener, for the viewer? When we kind of started looking at what Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which is our single largest themed land expansion we've ever done at Disney, a whole, you know, a, a land devoted to um, an immersive Star Wars experience. Our first question wasn't actually where should we go or what attractions should we have? The first question was, who are we in this universe? Who are we in this galaxy? Because that audience POV, that audience perspective has to be for, for an immersive participatory experience, that has to be the first question. Are we in this? Are we viewing? Are we a camera? Are we a character? Are we, you know, is the world aware of us? You know, those are, those are the first questions you have to start with, and then everything kind of builds out from that. At least that's the way, I won't say that's the only way to approach it, I'll say that's the way that I think I'll typically approach it. And, and that makes sense to me in that, Immersive experience is, is shifting that paradigm from traditional third person where you're like watching something, watching a movie, watching television, to first person where it's about you. You're the hero. You're, right? you're making your guest the center of the world. I guess you're, when you do that, what are you trying to really elicit for your guests? What kind of emotions are you going for? What what is there is there a conscious thought about a kind of hero's journey for that guest yeah i think there's nothing wrong with an experience that you are a spectator and that you're a third party viewer and you know i i don't think there's anything wrong with that we've got some great experiences that kind of allow you to re-engage with stories that you already know and stories you already love and be reminded about those stories and be reminded about why, you know, you love those characters or that moment or that thing that happened or that location. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that what we do today, though, in addition to that is 
we're creating experiences that make a different invitation, that make a different proposition, which is, you know, it, it is that invitation to engage, an invitation to play and, and, to, and to participate. My hope is that when we are successful at creating experiences that do invite you in and allow you to engage and allow you to bring your self to it or the version of yourself that you want to be, right, which might be a slightly different version of yourself, that we can give you opportunities to play in that world and to cause you to have connections to the, to the content, I'm going to say, to the, to the situations that allow you to reflect on things, that allow you to make choices, that allow you to kind of model behavior that um, hopefully will rise above just like the, that was cool, and, and get to the point of, oh, you know, wow, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having an experience that hopefully is causing me to think about things or causing me to, to experience things in a way that become, you know, that edge towards transformational versus just kind of like fun. Um, it all has to be fun, but on top of fun, we're aiming for transformational. I know we've been successful in some of these things when I see people cry. And we're not always aiming to hit that mark, but, but I think that's got to be in the mix, right? To have those emotionally resonant and important experiences that really cause people to kind of like feel like they've, they've, they've had an experience. I can say from my own experience that when I've had something like that transformational experience, that I find it incredibly eye-opening. Sometimes I think about my life a little bit differently and I always want to share it with other people. Like it's super memorable. I don't forget it. It's a story I can retell over and over again. Um, anyway, I just think of those as some of the other maybe signals of having successfully created that kind of moving immersive experience um, that, I, that I know that you're looking for. So, so give us an example. What, what is a conscious design that makes something experiential for a group? I mean, I'll, I'll tell you the, the example that really solidified this for me. And it was, it was, you know, it was actually, you know, these the, a theme park experience where we have these at, in our Disney parks, other parks have them as well. The kind of the, the, those round raft rides, you know, those kind of white water raft rides where you're, you know, it's all about the person sitting across from you right? It is all about where's that waterfall coming next and how's this thing going to spin around and who's going to be, you know, who's going to get splashed next. And all of the fun, all of the laughter, the screaming is happening between the people, right? Not between the people and the environment and the people and the experience, but it's all happening with those people. And for me, that was kind of like, this, like, oh yeah, of course, this is what makes us so special, so magical. We've tried to take that same idea and build it out in a more story-driven way in experiences like in our in our new Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Land, we have a an attraction based on flying the Millennium Falcon, right? Called Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. And that whole thing is you and your flight crew, up to six people in that cockpit, really taking the controls, really, you know, it's a real-time-based experience uh, that is, you know, your your success or lack thereof, however you choose to define success, because success is not always fun. Sometimes those are different. Um you know, is really in the hands of you and your flight crew. And, you know, we encourage shouting and, and yelling and laughing between the, you know, members of your flight crew and cooperation uh, between your flight crew, um, you know, because it's all about the experience, you know, that you have. I, there's nothing I like more than kind of like being a fly on the wall in one of those uh, cockpits, you know, filled with a family of people that are just having the time of their life and yelling and screaming and sometimes obscenities, you know, that are, but they're just having the, you know, they're just having a ball. 
with each other, right? They're having a ball with each other, not just at the same time. I read you, you said in some article, the expectation of your guests are increasing exponentially. And, and it made me think that you're in a kind of arms race uh, with people's not just expectations, but imaginations. I do wonder about that challenge just because you're working in bricks and mortar. You're working in things that have to be built. It takes years to, to develop your, your Galaxy's Edge uh, experience and, and 14 acres and millions and millions of dollars. And it's not the kind of thing you can just reinvent next week. It's a huge job to be able to look around the corner like that. It is. I think that that is not new, though. You know, that has something we've always been doing is to kind of like be building things that are, you know, that have an, one eye over the horizon towards where things want to be. Because, yeah, you're right. These things are, they take a long time to build. They're very expensive. But they're also unique. You know, in this world of options, you know, that you can get in your living room or in other places, there is a limit to how immersive those things can be today, right? Without the, <laughs> until we get the chip implants and we get the full body suits and we get the who knows what else, there's a limit to how, how much you can suspend your disbelief when you're, you know, when you're staring at a rectangle in your living room. And one of the things that we do in our parks is, you know, we're thinking about all of the details, right? And we're bringing it to life with all of the senses. Yes, what you see, what you set, what you hear, the sound design of a place. I mean, I, I, I love, there's, there's things in the, in the Galaxy's Edge sound design that I just think are so fantastic. The way things smell, the texture that you're walking on, right? The texture of things you're feeling, all of that, all of that registers. And it doesn't even all register consciously, but you just register it even subconsciously as, as, as reality, right? As the way you, you, you would expect it to be. And, and it's, it's less that you recognize, oh, the, there's, a, there's a texture on the ground that I'm walking on that has just changed as I transitioned from this area to this area. I wonder what that means. I wonder what caused that. I don't think you're thinking about that consciously, but you're registering it subconsciously. And if it were absent, you'd feel it, right? It's more things you feel than you think about. Um, those little details that just make things, you know, and we, we, we really try to sweat those details because I think they really matter. So you mentioned smell. Like, what are smells at Star Wars? <laughs> what, what is a Star Wars fragrance? Yeah, you know, fragrance and taste are so very, very aligned. And one of the amazing things that we have is we have a, we have a, a staff of, of creators um, that uh, that's all they do is like flavor and fragrance design an amazing culinary team that is creating all the, you know, the beverage concoctions and the food that exists there. And then thinking about what are the, you know, what are the fragrances that are going to kind of like bring this to life? What does an alien planet smell like? You know, what does a, in the interior of a, of a, you know, of a spaceship want to, uh, want to smell like? Turns out that, you know, in doing some of, we also try to do a lot of research as, as inspiration and in talking to some of my, uh, some of my acquaintances who have been to places like the space station and other locations like that. Turns out that we probably don't want to actually re recreate the, the, the smells apparently that are, you know, that come from like long-term human confinement in a tin can. But, you know, so we, we kind of, you know, we, we play our version of what we think those things should, should smell like. One of the things that's important in Star Wars lore is this is this concept of blue milk, which we saw in that very first uh, A New Hope 
that very first Star Wars movie, A New Hope, when Luke uh, is drinking blue milk. We, you know, we, that was never really described what that was or, or, or how, what it tasted like. It was just this thing, but it became anchored in fan culture about what is blue milk. So we knew that we were building a real Star Wars location that we needed to figure that out, right? We needed to have an offering for blue milk and kind of have it be the, the, the real thing. And then maybe it's a taste profile and a texture profile and a mouthfeel that you've never had before. I'm just curious if, you know, traditionally theme park experiences or rides were, were a roller coaster or a dark ride, and it, you were kind of on a fixed rail. There wasn't a lot of choice. There wasn't a lot of agency. How have you thought differently about that in your design to really allow for the opportunity for for different levels of engagement, some people who don't want to and some people who are ready to spend their lives there. I think that the idea of a completely emergent narrative where I, when I as a participant make a choice, now it opens up all of these things, right? Like if I go, you know, if I go through this door, there's a spaceship there that might take me to this other place. Uh, and, you know, completely ignoring every, you know, all this other stuff. That idea of completely emergent, completely independent choice-based long-form narrative, I think is still, uh, it's something we're working on. It is not something I think we have completely solved in, in order to do it at any commercial scale. That, that core idea in Galaxy's Edge where you have the power to make choices, your choices matter, but your choices have consequence, right? We've, we've expanded that now. We're, 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 we're in the final stages of building a new experience uh, at Walt Disney World that is called Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. And this experience, instead of spending just a couple of hours immersed in the world of a Star Wars story, this experience invites you to spend a couple of days in a immersive Star Wars adventure where you're living, eating, sleeping, drinking, all inside this built story um, location that takes the idea of like what you, how you see yourself, who you choose to align yourself with, the choices you make, the things you do are determinant on, on how the story in front of you plays out. And so, you know, we're continuing to grow down this path of more immersiveness, more personalization of experience, more agency uh, in the experience and more options for what that agency looks like. You can you can lean in and you know play hard if you want, or you can just lean back and just watch. I'm not aware of anybody who's done anything like this on a commercial scale before. People are going to lose their minds. <laughs> They're going to be out of their minds. I mean, first of all, sign me up. I want to be in the first set. But but it. I mean, just the idea that we could go and live in the world with. Disney quality attention to detail and production and story and character. I mean, it's just, it's everyone's fantasy of being able to actually be in the movie, right? To, to live in, in the story world. Uh, I, I can't wait till we can, <laughs> till I can join you there. Well, I, I can say, you know, we have announced that it will be opening in uh, 2022. So um, it is, uh, it is, we are in the, I will say we're in the kind of the, the home stretch of, of, of building a spaceship. The experience is a, uh, all takes place on a Star Wars version of a cruise ship. I can't wait. 
you remind me of some of the things that are so unique to the art form that you work in, which is theme parks and experiences there. I mean, one of the things that I've thought about is that in some of the best theme park experiences I've had, I've lost track of a sense of time. You're creating experiences where we drop out of being conscious of time and we're in a kind of flow state or awe state and and we think it was much longer <laughs> than it really was. <laughs> it might have only been 90 seconds or, or two minutes or something, and, and I think I just spent 30 minutes in there, uh, and I'm exhausted. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Disney's in the unique position of, you know, we are the designer, developer, operator, maintainer, sustainer of all these things. I think we do have a, a benefit in that we, as an, this kind of owner-operator, we can involve story and experience design in ways that I think are unique to us. You know, we can, we can design the role of the cast member, the person who is working in that, in that curio store or that person who's working behind the bar in that cantina. You know, we can work with those folks to develop their characters and who they are in that world and how they're going to then engage with our, with our guests, um, which, you know, I think really helps bring it to life and brings a, a level of you know, authenticity and a, a level of immersion that is, I think it's fun. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So where do you see theme park experiences headed? What are the next set of big challenges for, for your industry? The challenges are also not new. The range of experiences that you can get at home are growing and growing. And so we're asking you to make a, a, a big commitment to come to one of our parks, right? We're asking you to, you know, get in a car and drive someplace or get on a plane and fly someplace. And we have to make that worth it. And I think we do, but we have to continue to earn that, right? We have to continue to earn that this, this was worth the, the, this was worth the difference in, you know, commitment between turning something on in my, in my living room and, you know, and, and getting here. And I think, you know, our, our challenge is going to be to continue to, you know, to earn that and, and not just earn it in the models that people know, but to ideate new models and to ideate, you know, innovate new forms of experience that might not look like a, I'm going to put this in air quotes, a theme park, right? But an immersive experience that looks different. Galactic Star Cruiser does not look like a theme park, right? It looks very different. Other things that we're you know, that we have in development look very different. Um, you know, still just as immersive, still playing on Disney's strengths of, you know, immersive design, great characters and stories and, and, and amazing, you know, delivery and service. All the trends that have allowed for these other experiences to, to exist are the same trends that are allowing us to do things different and differently than what we have done before. So, I mean, that, that's terribly exciting, right? That, that expand the model or that, or that, you know, go into even whole new territories. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. You could look at it as, as the stakes are higher, but on the other hand, you could look at it as there is an audience, a bigger audience of people who are hungry for Imagineering. You know, who are hungry for the kind of craft and skill that you and your colleagues have, and and they're like more educated now. They're more, they're they're going to be a, a better fan base, if you will, uh, and and they're going to be even more receptive to um, the kind of magic that you all can pull off 
uh, or provide. I sure hope so. It isn't just about accessing a, 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 an audience that is more engaged, but also engaging an audience that might not typically have you know participated in this kind of experience right around the world. We're very mindful of making sure that the experiences we're creating or finding ways to create, including the commercial models that support them. At the beginning of our chat, I said, you know, we, we always think about what is the theme? What is this really about? And I kind of feel like that's really important for us to stay mindful of. At the, at the heart of these things, I, I believe that when we create experiences that invite you in, that you can play in this environment and you can model behavior and you can try versions of yourself and you can do different things and you can imagine a world that is bigger and different than just the one that is before you, it is those people who can imagine a different world that are going to actually create a different world, right? Modeling behavior of possibility, modeling behavior of potential and agency and empowerment at any age from, you know, three years old to 93 years old, we do things in our lives that we've been able to kind of model and play. And so finding opportunities to provide those opportunities is what's going to help a global population of people be creators and be innovators and to see beyond the what's presented as just, well, this is the, you know, not to see a wall, but to see a door in that wall. So I think at the heart of it, that is a mission we have. Beautifully said. And, and I would love to just have us end on that. And, and thank you, Scott, for being here and for the great work you do. And um, just one last request, like sign me up for the Star Cruiser. I'm, <laughs> I can't wait to go on a galactic adventure with you. <laughs> the, the folks at Chandra-La Starlines who run, uh, who run this and, the, and, the, and the, the glamorous Star Cruiser, the Halcyon, I, I have it on good authority that, uh, you know, they're preparing for some new adventures very, very soon. Great. Well, Faust is going to be there in full force. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. Great to speak with you as always. Great to speak with you. And again, I, I, I just want to say that I appreciate, you know, as a consumer of these experiences uh, and a fan of these experiences, I, I, I'll just say thank you to all the other folks that are kind of like making these advancements and doing these things to create, you know, to create new opportunities uh, and new forms of experience around, around the world and all the different ways they're doing it. Because, you know, selfishly, that's what I, <laughs> selfishly, I want more of them. you enjoyed this episode and if you'd like to hear more please subscribe to our podcast and share it with a friend i'd like to extend a special thanks to scott trowbridge for this wonderful conversation you can find a full transcript of it as well as a selection of links to explore more of scott's work by visiting the link in this episode's description the Faust podcast is produced in collaboration with our talented production partner charts and leisure Faust also produces a monthly newsletter that curates a selection of articles, upcoming events, and original content showcasing the cutting edge of storytelling. To join our community and subscribe to the newsletter, please visit fost.org slash sign up. I hope you'll join us again in a couple of weeks for another deep dive into the world of storytelling. Until then, please be safe, stay strong, and story on. Thank you.